Welcome to Testimony, a musician story. Heard at TestimonyStories.com and narrated by myself, Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Let's get started. was born on August 30th, 1984, in Kansas City, Missouri. He was the firstborn of his mother and father, who were unmarried at the time. His father conceived another boy, Chris's half-brother, with another woman. A couple years later, his father gave his life to Christ, and shortly after, his mother did the same. When Chris was four, he was the best man in his parents' wedding. The couple eventually had two more children, a boy and a girl. Chris's grandfather and father are pastors. So the Cobbins family spent a lot of time in church. I never really thought it was a lot of time until I grew up. And then because uh, we went to kind of a, a old school style kind of Baptist church where my grandfather was the, the pastor when I was growing up. And that means like three services a Sunday. You got Wednesday night service. You had, we had Tuesday night service. We had choir rehearsal. Back then it was on Saturday. And then we might have a, a, a church engagement with another church like once a week. So we were literally in church like at least three nights a week, but probably five a lot of times. And so as a kid, I never really thought it was a lot because it was just what we did. And then when I grew up and now my dad's my pastor of our church uh, for the last, what, 15 years, 14 years. And uh, now that we just do morning service and every blue moon we'll have an afternoon, we already do night service. Once we got there, I was like, man, we were in church all the time. I don't know how we had time to spend with each other. But, you know, I guess, you know, if, if you're in a good place where everything is healthy, the relationships are healthy, don't really worry about kind of the peripheral things that are going on. You're just happy to be around each other and have good relationships with each other. Oddly enough, 
Chris did manage to have time to play sports, but nothing outside of that. Since both his parents worked and Chris was the oldest, he spent his summer and winter breaks babysitting his siblings. He had no social life, and he proudly wore the title of church boy. Like I was like the church boy that you see on TV, the one they make fun of. It. It's like the stereotypical, like I didn't, I mean, and I'm not ashamed of it either. Like I didn't cuss. People, my, my friends would be like, man, come on, just say a cuss word. Your dad ain't going to hear you, man. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. You know, my dad said that I should, you know, I was that kid. Uh, I had glasses, still do, but had the big glasses, goofy looking glasses. And I used to wear, uh, you know, I didn't have any fashionable clothes because my dad, you know, one, there was a point in which we didn't have as much money. And then the other part was like, my dad didn't, wasn't into buying us a whole bunch of stuff just because we wanted it. He wanted us to earn it. Make good grades, then you get something. If you do what we ask you, you keep your room clean, then we reward you or something. So uh, that was a good lesson to learn, I believe. But it was rough, man, people. <laughs> it seemed like everything that everybody wanted to do had had uh, the uh, had absolutely nothing to do with Jesus, uh, had nothing to do with uh, doing what you were supposed to do, your parents told you to do. Um, and the only thing that made me semi-cool growing up, especially right toward middle school and everything was the fact that I played sports. I played basketball, I played baseball, and I was a good athlete. Other than that, absolutely no chance of, of having friends. Like what you're hearing so far? Check us out at TestimonyStories.com. That's TestimonyStories, with an S.com. Where you can hear content for you and about you. Everyone has a testimony. Everyone has a testimony. And we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. Testimony, where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. What's good, world? This is man Chris Cobbins, and you are now listening to Testimony, a musician's story. Say my name, say you love me. I'll be your fave. I hear it, trust me. 
number one in your options But I take it in with caution Twitter love, yeah I get it Radio, got me spinning Can't let it throw me off, bro His senior year, he grew into his looks Got some fashionable glasses And wasn't considered a nerd anymore But was looked at as a smart kid This all proved to be quite helpful for his social life once he graduated and went off to the University of Central Missouri. And so once I went to college, I went from nobody cares who I am, all the girls think I look halfway crazy or ugly, to literally I felt like I was like almost a big man on campus as a freshman. Um, Everybody knew me in a short period of time. Uh, I was... You know, I hung with a crew of a, of a couple other freshmen, and we were like the guys down there, amongst, at least amongst the, the black uh, people at the, at the on campus. I won a pageant thrown by the frats down there, the, the black fraternity, the sororities. Uh, we did fashion, we did talent, we did community service, we did impersonations. Uh, and uh, I impersonated Usher one night, so I sang and I danced. Uh, and after that, like, it was... College got difficult for me because girls started to like me, and I didn't know what to do with that. Never had that happen before. And so I liked myself a lot in those year, that year or two. There wasn't a lot you could tell me. Um, but I would say fortunately, in retrospect, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't comfortable enough with like sex and things like that to really kind of, if you want to seal the deal, if you will, with ladies and stuff. So I was, I was being respectful because that's all I knew how to do. I didn't know how to talk to a girl and then go back to her room you know, bring a condom, you know, all the other stuff that, that, that my boys was doing. I didn't know how to do it, not what I was taught, not what I was doing growing up there. And so I would go, Curly has me come to their rooms and bring and invite me to the bed, and I'll sit on the floor and talk to them. They'll lay down, and I'll be like, yeah, I'm about to go to sleep. And I'd go to, I'd lay on the floor and go to sleep. Like, I, I didn't know how to be that guy. So I actually, I, didn't, I never had sex with anybody, even though there was a point in which girls were, pretty much throwing themselves at me. I was singing everywhere and, you know, it was it was kind of crazy to me, but I was like, man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't want to, you know, a couple of times I tried to be that guy and it just didn't work out. So fortunately, God kept me sexually speaking. So I actually got married uh, without ever having had actual uh, having sex. Ladies, this one's for you. You didn't really want much Just someone who really loves ya Send flowers, take you out to lunch And ha, nobody threw their hat in the ring Friday nights on the sofa Popcorn and a cream soda Glass empty, nobody to toast ya Right about now you'll settle for anything But you deserve more than a young guy That'll run around, oh yeah, yeah. And I think you know it You're just tired of trying to
Testimony. Testimony. Where Christian hip hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Connect with Testimony and Musician Story through social media. Find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at TestimonyStories.com. You are listening to Chris Cobbins, Testimony, A Musician's Story. Chris got married at the age of 21 to a woman he considered to be the most annoying girl on the face of the earth when they were kids. They attended the same church And it turns out she was crushing on the church boy nerd. Of course, since they were kids, that meant she pestered him and got on his nerves. The family stopped attending the same church, so there was a period when they didn't see each other. Then one day, the little girl that Chris never paid no mind to grew up to be an attractive woman he couldn't keep his eyes off of. So he wiped her up despite the fact that in today's culture, he was pretty young. Please believe that I heard that every time somebody found out I was getting married. Man, yeah, you kind of young, ain't you? And I was just like, what am I, what would I be waiting on? I mean, you know, you gotta, gotta experience some stuff. What am I waiting to experience? And a lot of times people are talking about sexual stuff. I'm like, man, listen, business speaking, we're supposed to have those experiences with our spouses. You know, a lot of people don't get that, and that's cool. You know, that's great for that and everything, but if you can make it there like that, that's kind of ideal. And so I'm glad I did. Glad I didn't listen to people. You know, I was kind of a mature kid for my age. I always kind of was because I did actually listen to my parents when they, you know, tried to give me an instruction. So I learned a lot from my dad. My dad made a lot of mistakes. And so I was able to kind of see the effect of a lot of different mistakes that you can make as a man. And I decided I didn't want to go that way. So, you know, I found, I found a, a lady who was a wife early. And I talked to my dad about it. You know, when I started working hard to get a good job and started looking at places to live and took that initiative and, you know, obviously prayed a lot. And when everything started to, to, to happen, we told him, hey, man, you know, if you want to get married, let's, let's rock. Bought a ring and I actually proposed to her on a horse and carriage ride. You know, I've been loving it ever since, man. We, we, we're friends and I think that's what makes our marriage dope because we like each other. You know, we love each other, yeah, but we, we prefer each other over you know, people, you know what I'm saying, as far as friends are concerned. So we had our first one uh, five months ago. We waited a while. Enjoy marriage as young people, you know, and uh, be able to, uh, you know, try to be past that you get on my nerves stage of learning how to get, <laughs> how to uh, live with somebody else. <laughs> they got a lot of bad habits, and, you know, you don't want to bring, you know, a lot of negativity into child rearing. 
if at all possible. And so we in a position where we could, so we chose to wait. I'm looking forward, yeah. And I will find you, baby. Right here all the time. I was right here all the time. You couldn't believe it. Everything's just right. Like everything feels right. They were married for seven years before having baby Drew. Chris dropped out of college and became a firefighter. His schedule works perfectly with him being an artist because it allows him to make music and travel. As a young kid, Chris was always singing and dancing, but he never took it seriously until he was 19. That is when he got interested in the art of songwriting. And I was like, man, how can these people write songs to nothing? Like, how do you get a song from blank space? You make a melody, you write this song. And so I studied that. I talked to somebody, and they said, man, just write from your heart. You know, and I was like, but I mean, I don't have a, I don't have all these cool things to talk about. I haven't been through a lot of experiences. And they was like, man, just write about the stuff you have. And so I started doing that, and it started to kind of flow. And so I hooked up with a guy, and I tried to get him to produce me. And say, hey man, I'm writing these songs, man. I need somebody to make some tracks. Somebody I'd known for a while, and he laughed at me. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, you know, what's funny? He's like, man, you ain't making no music. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna have to do this myself. So I asked him to teach me how to uh, make tracks on his uh, on his keyboard. He taught me, and I started making my own tracks. And I actually put out a full album called Kryptonite based on the tracks that I made myself. I learned how to record myself. I mixed it myself. I got an opportunity to open for Lecrae when he came uh, to Kansas City. A guy saw me performing and he used to bring big artists uh, into the city. He said, I want you to open up for Lecrae when I bring him here in December. It was actually December 5th, 2009. I remember the exact date. Uh, I got to talk to Lecrae that day. He asked me about my project. I gave him the project that I had made myself. I paid for it, released it. My boy did the graphics. My boy from college, he came out during my set, said he enjoyed it, you know, hit me on Twitter two weeks later. And then two weeks after that, Trick Lee was emailing me about a song. Uh, and that's a song we did called Life One On One. And the very next project I was on was Lecrae's Rehab. I was out on a date with my wife. We were coming from the movies and I had been given Lecrae's number in his email. And so I had it in my phone and our phone starts ringing and up pops and name McCray Moore. And we're looking at each other like, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on right now? <laughs> and so I answered, and that's the day he asked me to, to uh, write some stuff or write, do one song with him from uh, rehab. So, I mean, still probably the coolest, one of the coolest moments in my life. And uh, I tell people all the time, man, you don't have to be in a certain city, state. You don't have to know people. All you got to do is walk in your purpose and your destiny that God has planned for you. And he'll make sure that you get where you're supposed to get. Don't worry about where you're supposed to be in the future. Just take care of today 
Use what he has, you know, he's giving you. Use what your hands can use today, and uh, he'll, he'll kind of fill in the gap for the rest. My other homie said, God wants to bless you, and yes, you should call up on his name for your rescue. He'll give you all you need, here's the son, he accepts you. You might need test tool, friends, he corrects you. Now I done heard a lot of he said, he said, she said, in my life and time, and the days keep rolling, no replay. I want to be sure to live it right, cause I want that, want that, I need that. That's real, homie. I can't believe that. Be so that. Help me find which way should I go with my life. Yeah. Now, should I follow what you say? Or should I come up with my own way? What you say? They tell me. I'm looking for advice, man. That'll never fail me. Questions so confused. Hoping you don't let me down. If only there was somebody who had it all figured out. Testimony. Testimony, where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Everyone has a testimony, and we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. Download the podcast of Testimony and Musician Story on iTunes. Find out how at TestimonyStories.com. A Musician's Story. Chris has one stellar award for his work on Trip Lee's album, a Dove Award for his work on Lecrae's Rehab, The Overdose, and a Grammy nomination for his work on Lecrae's Rehab. Not bad for being a newbie to the game. I know people who work in the music industry. I got friend, a lot of friends who do both Christian and mainstream. And, um, you know, they don't, it takes them years and years to get certain things and get certain places. And have my first, really my first two placements give me like real life awards, you know, a couple of Dove wins with uh, the crazy rehab and stuff. It, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty amazing. Um, I even had one of my songs get nominated that I did with a frame called All I Need. And uh, it was up and nominated for Urban Recorder Song of the Year uh, at the Dubs in 2012. So I got to walk the red carpet that year because I was an official <laughs> nominee. My name was on the deal. Montel Jordan announced that category. And it was just cool to hear him say my name. You know, just like, I'm like, man, I'm so, I, I was on the red carpet uh, walking next to Angie Stone and uh, Dawkins and Dawkins. You know, I don't take any of this for granted, man. I understand that. You know, all, all all of these kind of good days and good kind of a uh, kind of extreme uh, re- rewarding kind of uh, extreme rewards uh, given my 
everyday life, uh, it's a gift from God, man. And uh, I just wanted to cherish the moments. Took a lot of videos, a lot of pictures. Um, and it's cool that I had the awards on my mantle to, to kind of commemorate that day. It's pretty awesome. I potentially one dimensional, but that's just how they want me to be. Conventional, yeah, and predictable, yeah. Uh, but now I've grown into a new me. First time my eyes have seen places I don't live in my dream. I'm where I belong, coming into my own. Sometimes I His previous release, Hello World, debuted at number 33 on the Billboard Gospel Chart in the fall of 2013. That was a joyous occasion that was abruptly interrupted when he learned that his half-brother Ryan was found shot to death. His EP, August Season, Take One, was birthed out of that season. Yeah. I ain't never been good, now I realize it Thoughts all in my head on some weird logic I'm losing grip but I act like I still got it And I know joy's supposed to come now but I'm still crying oh, you said you won't ever let me down August season is like the project that came out of the hardest season of my life. As I said before, you know, at the end of 2013, from like June to December, in June, my wife, she had her first miscarriage um, and jacked us up. Uh, we were excited about being pregnant and these messages built up a little bit. Um, so I was just a little sad, but you know, everything in life doesn't go perfectly. God is still good. You know, my whole world hasn't fallen down. You know, I just need to <laughs> talk to some people and trust God in this moment. So we did that. And then we found out shortly after, a few months later, that she had another failed pregnancy. Um, and then my project came out. And so I'm having to promote my project, you know, from the Twitter and all the social media spots. They are like really sad, to be honest. Uh, but trying to have some joy about what was going on and then my album came out, and we made 33 on the Billboard chart, and that was awesome. So that was kind of a joyous peak. Um, then two weeks, um, well, three weeks after my album came out, my brother went missing, actually. Uh, we didn't think it was a big deal. You know, we just figured that he just had, nobody could get a hold of him right quick. We'll hear from him in a couple of days. But days turned into a month. You know, a month turned into two months, and we were kind of thinking, like, man, I think that maybe he's gone, man. And so we are starting to kind of, Except that, and me and my brother and my wife and I had gone to uh, Tennessee on New Year's Eve to do a show with them. Um, and on our way back, my dad called us and said they had found my brother's body in an abandoned house. Uh, and so, you know, had to deal with that. You know, right after I was supposed to go to the Stellars that year and do a couple showcases. Obviously, I didn't go. It was like a week after the funeral. And so, this hard, rough, didn't know if I was going to be able to write music anymore. It was just sad, you know, just, just didn't have anything to write about that I wanted to share with the world. Uh, but, you know, I think God had a different plan, so he allowed some things to happen for me to get that, that passion back 
And so I started writing again. And August season, take one, is literally the just the, the writings that came from that season. I'm not necessarily talking about what happened on this project. I'm more talking about um, the the state mentally, uh, the state that your heart can be in in rough times. In sad times, sometimes you can want to revert back to old ways that made you feel good so that you can kind of, you know, if you used to drink, you might want to, you might almost want to go back to the bottle. If you smoked, you might want to go pick up something to smoke. You know, if you, you know, if you watch pornography, you went to strip clubs, you might want to do that to try to get your mind off or whatever. And uh, I write about the temptation to kind of revert back to some of the bad habits. But I also write about um, the strength that's provided by the indoor spirit of God uh, in those times. You know, we're not promised the things to be easy. And we're also actually told that we'll be tempted. Um, but we're also told about the power of God and the fact that we can do all things through him. Everybody has a time where they had to kind of reinvent themselves and kind of have to have a rebirth of some sort, had to get back to basics. And I just want to make music that's relatable uh, in that fashion to rebirth, going through things, but coming out of it. Um, as long as I'm on earth, I have purpose. And so it's about kind of renewing that purpose and, 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 and charging forward. I ain't never been strong, now I realize the only thing in me hold is what you bind it. One step away from you feels like 10,000 And I ain't got too much pride to tell you why I'm still crying out oh, You said you won't ever let me down Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician story. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. I'm so glad there's a place where I let them go. I get my birds to you, Lord, cause you can.